breaking the huddle and going the length of the field to set the stage for this weekend in the FCS, it's FootballGamePlan.com's FCS Opening Drive with Luke Diamond and Emery Hunt. Presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. 10 a.m. on this Friday morning. What's going on, Emery? I'm doing fine, man. I'm glad to be here. I had my coffee. I had my eggs. I had grits this morning that you don't find in the Northeast. I'm doing good. I've had nothing to eat, man. I woke up with this raspy voice. I was tired, drank a little water, got over here. I said, I got to meet the czar. Then I got my way over to Connecticut School of Broadcasting, ready to do the defense and the special teamers today on this FCS preseason All-American list. Very excited about this. Almost got to it last week. Didn't run, we ran out of time, which is good. We got so much information. You got so much information on these guys. And, and, and again, we, we covered a lot of guys on the offense side of football. You're watching live on Periscope. And if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at FBallGamePlan, at FCS Kickoff, at FCS Opening Drive. It doesn't matter. Hit Luke Diamond up. Diamond up. And, 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 and Luke, you have, uh, you have a pretty interesting Twitter following yourself. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and hit you up if they have any questions. You can follow me at huddle underscore radio. And, you know, I, I don't tweet too much FCS stuff. As I get more into it, I'll definitely start tweeting more. Normally just NBA, NFL, MLB stuff. Um, make some jokes about players. Try to make jokes. You try to make jokes. Try to make jokes. Try to make jokes. How they're received depends on how you read the Twitter. <laughs> I, always, I always get mad. Like, I'll be sarcastic, sarcastic on Twitter. People would be like, are you serious, man? I'll be like, clearly not. But See, that, that ruins the joke, tough. right? It, yeah. It, it does. I, w- I wish everything could be, like, in my voice and in my tone <laughs> so, like, they could read it as if they were me because it just doesn't work out when people read these uh, these tweets. They don't always come across the same way. also do a lot of uh, Skip Bayless, like, trash. Right. Just to, just to troll a little bit. I do do a little bit of troll. Only on him. Okay. Only on him. So, <laughs> when, we, when I start to get negative feedback and they're like, damn, that guy Luke Diamond – sucks on the fcs opening drive show <laughs> i'll be okay with it just because i know that i'm doing the same thing to other guys in the in the industry but uh like we said you gave the twitter handles we're excited about to get to the uh to the defensive side of the football last week we we're doing the offensive side this week we we're going to do the defensive side but before we get to the defensive side gotta ask you about that shirt hey Beat man me last it, well listen i'm glad you brought that up because at the end of the day uh this shirt and this quote which you guys can see right here live on on camera um, here's how it started. You know, we played a lot of Madden in college, right? And I was pretty good. I was probably, let's say, one of the top five, if not top three, Madden players on campus, right? So that's pretty good. That's pretty good, right? So all we did was play Madden, and um, and so at the end of the day, when you you know you have you have a record, you you kind of kept a log of how many times you beat people, how many guys you beat, um, and let's say I'm I'm playing you, right? And you've never beaten me. And the one time, whether it's three in the morning, I'm dead tired, and you happen to luck up and get a victory. That's the time to do it. Exactly. And and then you'll you'll say, Oh, I beat Emory, I beat Emory, I beat Emory. And I'm like, man, but I beat you like fifty times in a row. You can come back and say, Well, beat me last. Cause think about it, in football or in sports, they always say you're only as good as your last game, right? So when you look at anything right now golden state 73 and 9 the Cavs beat them well we had a better record with beat us last look at (laughs) that's all that matters right you can't say anything else after that louisiana region cajuns my my alma mater 
we beat the University of Miami. You think we're going to call them back and, and get another game? No. The la- even though the last time we played them was 1932, it doesn't matter. <laughs> beat us last. You know. So if you got that over, you see it right now in politics. The Bernie Sanders supporters are are saying, well, we we can do this better. Bernie can do this better than the Hillary Clinton. And all the Republican supporters are saying, well, Trump is not doing this, this, and this. Both Trump and Hillary can say, beat me last. That's the biggest thing. So <laughs> if you if you got beat me last on somebody, nothing burns you up than someone saying beat me last. And by you having the upper hand by winning last, you don't you have the luxury of, of deciding when and where is the rematch, if it ever comes. So if you beat me, then you could say, you know, I don't feel like playing you no more. And I could be upset because I have to sit on that loss. If the world ends today, you beat me last. That's a hard feeling to deal with, right? That is. And I like that. I like that quote. I like that shirt. I do think we need to have a mat. And we got a TV right up there. I don't think the people could see it. But we have a TV up there. So we might have to hook something up well, and get a game in. Let, let me put let me preface by saying my Madden skills died, I want to say, 2006. I, I think that was the – no, let's say 2005. Was that the Ray Lewis Madden? Ray Lewis was 05. 05. I think McNabb was 06. 06. Okay, so let's say 06 was the last time I was good in Madden. Because I hadn't played in a while. You know, and then 2007, obviously, football game plan started. But anything before 2006, up to 2006, I will beat your face in in Madden because I was nice. It's funny because when you retired, it's kind of like it's kind of like Jordan retired in 03. LeBron came into the league in 03. Right. Because I probably started playing Madden around 05. I think Ray Lewis was the first Madden mm-hmm. I had. I, I remember Ray Lewis I had. And then I, I think it was Ray Lewis McNabb were my first two. So you actually like stopped playing when I started playing, but uh, if I beat you, I could say beat me last. Beat me last, and so. you can get your beat me last shirt on our website at footballgameplan.com/slash/beat-me-last. This is the best trash talking shirt ever. Period. Nothing you can say other than beat me last. Miami Uni- University of Miami beat us last in 1932. <laughs> but it doesn't matter; it still counts. No matter. The last still, time they played, they it's, won. It's in the record books. It beat is. us last. All right. Are you ready to move on? Oh, yeah, we're ready to move on. We're ready, ready to move on to the uh, defensive side of the football. Last week we did the offensive side. We did touch on the D-line, but we're just going to restart. Today will be our defensive side of the football for the FCS uh, football game plan All-American list across the FCS. And we're jumping right into the defensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, in the D-linemen, and this was a pretty good group because a lot of times you'll see defensive linemen – um, especially nowadays, they'll have like uh, guys that are really tweeners. You see some good defensive line depth here on our first, second, and third team. Guys with tremendous size. You brought this up um, in our pre-show meeting. Uh, but the one guy initially that stands out, Keonta Davis out of Chattanooga. Tremendous pass rusher, a guy that can really bring it off the edge. And, and one thing that you noticed last year from Davis is that he really, he really didn't have the technique. And so when you have the technique – and you have the ability now to utilize technique in addition to your raw athletic skill set, you're going to get a lot of sacks. And I know they made the move this offseason, got um, Coach Carrie Bailey, who coached me in college, but he's a tremendous defensive line coach that preaches technique. Him meshed with Keonta Davis is going to put together an impressive season, not only for him personally, but for that Chattanooga Mocs defense as a whole. Derek Rivers isn't at a great program. He's more of your outside linebacker if you want to transition to the pros. He's more of your outside linebacker type edge rusher at 6'3", 245. He's also getting coached by a former coach of mine, um, not 
at by the position, but the coach is on the staff, and that's Brian Chris, who does a great job coaching receivers. But they had a really good program at Youngstown State. Rivers is a good player, and, and P.J. Hall is a guy that seems to have been on many All-American lists from his freshman year to now he's going to enter his junior season, and he's just an outstanding player. Once you step – again, it's hard to play early as a freshman, but it's also hard to to be good as a freshman and start and star in a league like the Southland Conference that's pretty pretty doggone good. So he definitely made listen. And Carter Schultz out of Northern Iowa can play inside or outside – uh, does a great job getting off blocks and, and you know, was a, a big-time nuisance for offenses last year uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference. And he's definitely worthy to be on be on this list. Awesome. Staying with the first-teamers, we actually – this might be our deepest group as far as um, – as far as – because like we were saying, as far as size. I think the linebacker, the size – because that's what I was thinking yesterday when I was coming into this – or last week, excuse me, when I was coming into this. I was thinking the size is probably what separates the FCS – from the top tier Division One football, mm-hmm. I was thinking that was probably going to be size. The talent, the skill set will probably be there, but these are the more undersized guys, especially coming out of high school. But like you were saying, I like the size of the defensive linemen, but I'm loving the size of the linebackers. But until we get there, staying with the uh, the first teamers on the DL. Yeah, uh, well, you know, that was that was our four first teamers. And looking at the second team, one guy that you see the oh, helmet right I meant, here. Yeah, I meant to say second team. You, you see the helmet sitting up here if you're watching on Periscope, the McNeese State Cowboys. They got a real good one in, in Isaiah Golden. And he's not a homegrown recruit, so to speak. He's a guy that, that transferred in from Texas A&M. He, took, he made the most of his opportunity and tore up the defense. Uh, defenses. He, he added to the defense and tore up offenses last year is what I'm trying to say. Um, but he was outstanding. Patrick Ricard out of Maine, a guy that added, what, 30-plus pounds to get to 285 and now has become a monster. So he's a rock on the inside. Um, and Pat Afriye, like I said last time, I know we touched on the defensive line last time. I was able to broadcast or be the color commentator on a couple of Georgetown Hoyas point, uh, uh, broadcast last year. Um, and the one game I was there was the – was the Colgate game and a free a was all over the football field and definitely is a guy that he's expected to have an outstanding junior campaign he may be a postseason all-american and, and every time we look at North Dakota State you're going to see a guy on a defensive line you're going to see a guy probably at linebacker and you're going to see a guy on their offensive line that's going to be outstanding and Greg Menard coming from that program was the the, uh, the guy that stood out last he's a junior this season and we know how North Dakota State – and here's the thing. They have a huge test in, in week one. And we're going to find out a lot about North Dakota State based off their first opponent, August 27th, Charleston Southern, because they run the option. So we're going to learn a lot about Menard's discipline, his ability to read, his ability to get off blocks, because all of those things have to happen in order for you to have success against an option team so he's definitely worthy this second team i think can you can make a case that the second team is just as stout as the first team so it's some really good guys on that list moving on to the third teamers well third team aaron thompson um you know we look at stony brook stony brook has had a, a, a good run of success on the defensive line next year you may see a guy or maybe at the end of the season you may see a guy in osamain kamara on this list because he's a tremendous player but Aaron Thompson can get after the quarterback last year they had Victor Ochi who now plays for the Baltimore Ravens 
um, signed as an undrafted free agent. Thompson is going to definitely either get drafted or find his way in an NFL camp and make a team. So he's worthy of being here. Anthony Ellis of the aforementioned Charleston Southern. Um, again, we're going to learn a lot about him because he's a little bit what they like to say undersized for the position. So if you're Anthony Ellis at 6'1", 245, and you're going up against that big, massive offensive line of North Dakota, you know, he's going to be asked to get off blocks and be able to stop the run. So we'll learn a lot about his game. And I think the most underrated pro prospect on this list, third team, and he's just a junior, but Abdullah Anderson out of Bucknell. If you're a draft, Nick, if you're a guy that loves the NFL draft, you may want to keep an eye on him and what he does because at the end of the day, he's someone that that's outstanding because when you look at his game and what he brings to the table, um, he can play defensive end as a five tech. He can play inside as a one. He can play the nose. He's 6'4", 295. He's outstanding. And when I went out to visit with Coach Joe Susan, the head coach at Bucknell, he told me, keep an eye on this guy that's a junior. Because I was asking about their offensive lineman, Julian Davenport, who's a premier prospect is on our list. Um, he was like, Abdullah Anderson is the guy you want to keep an eye on. And also Mac Marin out of Drake. It's, um, you know, a lot of people knock the Pioneer League. But you can't knock the, that league because they've put together some outstanding talent. Um, one guy that we'll talk about later in the secondary, but Josh Johnson, the quarterback for that, wow, he played for like 15 teams now. But yeah, Josh Johnson yeah. was on the Colts a little bit last year. Right, the whole the Andrew whole, Luck exactly. Injury. So you got you got all those. I mean, he, I think now he may be with the Bengals or whomever Josh Johnson is with now. He hit, I think he hit three or four different teams the last season alone. <laughs> right. So that guy went to the University of San Diego out the Pioneer League. So they've put out some talent. Um, Another guy, uh, I forgot the name of the receiver, Aaron Jones, I believe. Uh, fast guy, um, just got picked up by Jacksonville. He went to the University of uh, Jacksonville University um, Pioneer League. So the Pioneer put, puts out some talent, and Mac Marin at uh, a defensive end at 6'2", 246, is, is the next in line. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think Josh has started, I think he started with the Jets last offseason. Mm -hmm. I think he was with the Jets. I remember a preseason game. Uh, I remember he was with the Jets, and then during the Andrew Luck injury, I know the Colts picked him up for a week. Actually, the Colts picked him up for a week, cut him. Two weeks later, picked him up again for a week, and then I think I think Bengals. I mean, he's played with the, the end, he's played with a bunch like of teams said, like San Francisco. Um, played with Tampa before they drafted Josh Freeman. Um, he, he yeah, he bounced around, but he's a good player. He just bounced around so many times. Is Stony Brook's program like new? Like, how long have they been around? They've been around for a bit, man. They've been yeah. around for a bit. Yeah. And, I wasn't sure. But here's the thing. I think their their uh, their profile has risen because Hofstra no longer has um, a, a team. And, and Stony Brook, I can't remember when they moved up to D1 football because they were a D3 program, I that's believe. Pr that's probably why. And, and then, you know, I want to say recently where well, Hofstra stopped playing football in 2007. Uh, so – you know that that or 2009 so once that that was two schools on long island so now you only have one school that plays football and you're getting all that talent you know they're they're really they've also probably taken a lot of the talent away from wagner you know taking some talent away from cw post you know so i mean they, they've really benefited from being on long island because yeah, i know in basketball they're they're kind of an up-and-coming program mm -hmm. Um, they either they were they were, they were either on the bubble or they might have made the round of 68 and lost in a playoff game playing game maybe they made the round of 64 but I remember they were right on the bubble and I remember hearing a lot of talk about Sony Sony Brook having a possibility to uh, to make the tournament last year so uh, so just collectively I guess athletically they are on the rise and like you said a couple of Long Island teams losing their programs 
obviously only going to benefit another team on Long Island. I mean, I mean, imagine how we probably wouldn't even have this conversation if St. John still had their football team or if Hofstra still had their football team because, again, you got Queens and Long Island, uh, you know, two teams on Long Island now. But without that, you're getting all the talent from Queens. You're getting all the talent from Long Island. And you're pulling talent probably from Connecticut, Rhode Island, you know, and Delaware. And they yeah. they put together some – I mean, the Giants have a tight end, Will Ty, uh, from Stony Brook. You also look at the, the run they've had on um, running backs that have ran the football very well. They got a good one this year. He's not on our All-American list. But he's a guy that's going to be on our all-conference team. And Stacey Bedell, um, he's a good pro prospect to keep an eye on, too. So they, they've done a great job out there uh, in Stony Brook. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like a program like St. John's. You look at a huge Big East basketball program. Same thing with C.N. Hall. You look at two big-time programs. I don't know how many kids in the school, but I would assume over 40,000 kids. And they don't feel the football team. It's very odd to me. Well, football costs. It does. Uh, it costs but money. you make it back. R- right? You, you, well, no, no, no. Actually, a lot of teams operate at a loss. I think what in St. John's, when they had their football team, they were non-scholarship, which I think is the best model for schools that want to get, get uh, jump-started. You know, um, but, the, so, but the issue is now where are you going to find your opponents because the only non-scholarship league – uh, outside of the Ivy League, which is technically non-scholarship, um, but but they, they they have their it, they have their ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the Pioneer League is the only other non-scholarship league. So do you join the Pioneer or do you, you know, try to talk to NYU? You try to talk to Manhattan. You try to talk to other schools to start a D1 program, non-scholarship program, to where you can have a conference because that's the other part of it too. Yeah, I, I would never think of a football team, especially a big. You're looking at St. John's athletically, just basketball wise, probably probably the most prestigious school in New York to go to for basketball. You would think, at least I would think, they would have football programs. Same thing with C and O, because you really only have one big time program in in uh, in New Jersey and then down at Rutgers. But um, yeah, I mean, think about know. it. I would say um, you look at uh, prior to 2009, Iona lost their football team. Uh, Canisius lost their football team, um, Siena. And so that was that was a whole old uh, MAC conference, the MAAC. So you had St. John's, you had Siena, you had Iona, you had Fairfield. up in, All those guys stopped football, so it, it just made sense because who are you going to play now? You have no <laughs> conference. Very true. Uh, I, the, just this Villanova helmet, and then you bring it up. St. John's made me think about that. I was thinking, <laughs> how come these Big East basketball teams don't have football teams? But uh, moving on now, well, let's get to the linebacker position. Like I was saying before, and you even touched on it, I like the size of these linebackers. You see a lot of NFL size. Like, like not, not that the other positions don't have it, but I don't know if the other positions are as deep from first, second, third team with the size. And it seems like almost as the teams go on, second team, third team, they actually seem to be getting bigger on this list. Well, and that's the thing, man, because you look at uh – you look at this linebacking core, and, and all of these guys, and let's just start with the first team. I really like how all three guys can run. And if you can run, you can move, you can cover in today's game, whether it's college football, NFL. We just saw the CFL kick off their season last night. Congratulations to the Hamilton Tiger Cats knocking off uh, the Toronto Argonauts. But if you can't cover, if you can't run, you're dead in the ward as a linebacker. And when you look at James Rents, you look at Christian Kuntz and Nick DeLuca, uh, all three guys can run and cover. And James Rents can apply pressure. You know, he can play strong side or weak side. He reminds me a lot of a guy that played at Villanova last year in Don Cherry. You know, you just see him all over the field. Um, Christian Kuntz is more of your, your, your coverage guy. I mean, he's, 
he does a ton of damage at the second level. And when you're able to affect the quarterback like or affect the game like that, and this is a guy, you know, looking at his stats, Kuntz last year, um, as far as like TFLs are concerned, he was third in nation. He had 26 TFLs, you know, so being able to apply pressure at, at all three levels, being able to rush and, and stop the run and, and cover. I mean, Kuntz is out. Kuntz is outstanding. And, um, and I'm sorry, I, I got ahead of myself. Rents is not on the first team. He's on third team because the number one dude that had, that led the nation in, in TFLs, uh, is Javancy Jones out of Jackson State. And and Jones is a guy that, again, he led the nation. He had 25 and a half TFLs. He, um, you know, he also was able to uh, rack up 50-plus tackles as a defensive end. Um, and he he's bounced back from DN to outside linebacker, um, and he affects the game. And it's interesting because I got a lot of flack, man, for having him on my first team. I got this this email from a, a program that shall remain nameless. And, and uh, the SID reached out to me and was like, hey, how come our player didn't make first team All-American? And the player is on the list. Um, he's on a, he's an All-American. We think he has tremendous game. But he went on to say, like, why would you have this other guy on the list talking about Javancy Jones? I'm like, well, if you, if you really want to get technical, Jones plays multiple positions. We at Football Game Plan value guys that are disruptors more so than guys that just pile up tackles. I mean, you can get 140 tackles, but if 138 of them are 17 yards down the field, then what are you really doing? You know, you're not making impactful plays. And Jones makes those impactful plays that you want to see. He can also rush the passer. He had seven and a half sacks. The guy in question had a half a sack. So... I mean, what what more do statistically he was better, and just from an impact perspective, when you have a guy that can play D in it and linebacker and affects the game like that, that's to me a first team All American. So Javancy Jones definitely was worthy. Christian Kuntz, a guy again, I talked about twenty five and a half TFLs, third third or fourth in the nation. Nick DeLuca is one that just disrupts passing lanes. I mean, this is a guy that can drop back in coverage. He plays with length. You know, sometimes you see guys that six three that play like they're five eight. He plays 6'3", he's 245, good movement skills, good athlete, and is able to uh, make plays in a passing game. And uh, I know I mentioned James Rents, but Rents is more on our third team uh, or maybe our second team, second and third team. We only picked, um, let's see, three, six. We only did yeah, eight we only linebackers. Yeah, we two for the second yeah, team. Yeah, we did so. two for the second team. So, I mean, um, he, he Rents is a guy that, you know, I swear, if you haven't seen Sacred Heart play, check him out. And he stood he stood out to me two years ago. I was at the Sacred Heart Bryant game, which is the de facto NEC championship, and number 44 was all over the football field. And I was like, I can't wait this guy becomes draft eligible because he's going to be an outstanding player. My boy Marquise plays for Bryant. He's going to be upset. If he's listening, he's going to be upset he's not on the list. So I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I, you know, just like you got that complaint, I'm probably going to get a complaint today. Well, if, if, they, <laughs> can, if they complain, they can call in. I mean, what the call-in number is, 609-910-0687. If you got a complaint, you know, go ahead on it and, and knock it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy that some people complain about that, but you know, people are people are crazy. It's like, and besides even giving the reasons of versatility and impact and statistics and all this stuff, at the end of the day, it's your opinion. You're giving your first team, and you know, if you're not on it, if I'm the athlete, you know, if I'm the director or the coach or whatever, I don't know how I look at it. But if I'm if I'm the athlete, I'm thinking about it more as bulletin board material. I'm gonna put it up in my room, 
Emery Hunt, Luke Diamond, they don't think I'm a first-team product. Let me go out on the field, half a sack last season. Let me rack up eight sacks this season. Um, you know, and that, that's how I would look at it. But, uh, you know, it's crazy. And I coach, I coach uh, 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And these parents send me emails up there every game. Why is my kid not playing? Well, in my opinion, your kid's not as good as the other nine kids that are playing. So it's like everybody always thinks their player and their kid's the best. Same thing, I guess, is a situation like this. And, uh, you know, and, and also this is, only, this is only preseason, you know. Go out, do work during the season. You'll be on first team come, uh, you know, come the, uh, the postseason wrap-up show when we do the, uh, the official first team, second team, third team All-American. And it's just the list. I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> to get that email from uh, an SID was just mind-blowing. I'm thinking, like, am I in the twilight zone? But <laughs> I guess you want to defend your guy. I get it. But, you know, be a little bit more. Defend on the field. Exactly. Yeah, or be professional out. about it. Like, don't, don't yeah. hit me up with no nonsense, you know? Yeah, be like, just letting you know, he's <laughs> he's gonna show up on the field this year, and you'll be, you'll be surprised, and you'll be wrong, and you'll have him on your first team come, come uh, December or January, or whenever we put out the uh, the official postseason list. So, uh, are we still with the linebackers? I forgot. We're, we're with the third yeah, we're team, still right? at, we're at the second and third team. Let, let's combine those two since there's only a few. Uh, we talked about James Rents, Courtney Berry out of Alabama State, a guy that uh, I think he's gonna transition and be a good strong safety. At the NFL level, he's 6'1", 220, probably maybe 215. You know, he may be even 210. But he's a guy that, that you know, he, he can run, he can hit, um, he can definitely cover. Uh, and I think in a nickel linebacker role, strong safety role, he has a, he definitely has a good fit at the NFL level. He's been, he's been one of those guys that's been a consistent uh, and a consistent consensus All-American for a long time. So Andrew Ankra out of James Madison is a pass rusher extraordinary he's gonna come off the edge and they put together um james madison has the last two to three years they produce pass rushers um and he's just the next in line and mac bignell and, and here's the thing about bignell he's 61205 and he's he's a guy that can he can play at the line of scrimmage um he does a good job in 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 uh you know affecting the passing game and their defense was horrible last year they gave up 34 points a game um, which is unheard of. And usually Montana State's defense is pretty solid. They're pretty good on offense, too. So I think last year was an aberration. You know, I'm willing to give them a pass for last year, but Big Nail was uh, definitely a big part of that. And Victor Igu out of uh, Yale. I was at two Yale games last year, and Igu at 6'4", 245. He can, they play a 3-4 defense, does Yale, which is one of the rare things in, in uh, college football. A lot of times you'll see 3-3-5. You'll see a lot of 4-3 fronts. Uh, 40 fronts, um, but a true 3-4 defense at Yale, and he can play inside backer or he can play outside backer, and a lot of people are not really talking about him right now, but they'll they'll get to know his name as the season, to progress, as the season progress. So those are our uh, preseason FCS All-Americans for the linebackers. Again, and this the, the reason why this list was put together the way it was, you can shake these guys up and pull one out and find a star. So it's not like, okay, first team or second team or third team. All all three teams are, are good. I can win as a coach with any team. You give me the first team, I'll blow you out. You give me the second or third team, I'll blow you out still because all guys on this list are, are tremendous football players. Well, that's what you like to see for you know for the FCS. It looks good when, you, when it's tough to pick a first team because you got such a mixture of talent where it's really hard to separate the first, second, third teamers and the guys that missed a cut. Do we have any more that missed a cut or do we – 
Uh, I think, uh, you know, for linebackers, I, I think it's tough because you have guys, let's say I could pull someone out just for, for the sake of the show, but um, maybe Darian Claiborne out of Texas Southern, another outstanding player, uh, linebacker, former Texas A&M transfer, now down at Texas Southern. Um, look for him to put up some big-time numbers this year as well. So that would be one guy that just missed the cut. It's funny because when we started off with the linebackers, you're talking about the importance of coverage. Mm-hmm. And being a Cole fan, never really seeing a linebacker in coverage before or mm-hmm. be able to cover, I should say, in coverage but unable to do it. Uh, it's funny, man. And I think about think about linebackers that are so so good in coverage. And I just think back, you know, to because when when our show really gets going and we and come the fall, I'm gonna have a lot of I'm gonna have a lot of shows where I'm just well I'm I'm gonna want to be ripping up the Colts <laughs> and their linebackers inability to cover. Or, uh, God forbid, a safety inability to cover. Like a LaRon Landry who's too big. <laughs> Don't even get me started on him, man. Like, <laughs> just, a, just a human muscle that can't move. Can't at some stay point, with you just have to stop lifting weights. At some point, you just got to stop lifting weights. I always swear to God, he enjoyed weightlifting more than he enjoyed football. If like, I can't put on my shirt, I'm going to stop lifting weights. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that's uncomfortable. <laughs> like man. Kevin Hart says, you won. You won. <laughs> right. It's over. There's it's no over. reason. You're, why are you still at the gym? You won. Like, you, you're mission complete. Right. It's over. Uh, getting to the DBs, the defensive backs for the FCS All-American preseason list. Well, here's the thing with defensive backs, and, and a lot of people have different ways of, of viewing things. Sometimes you may want to look at um, interceptions, and I weigh interceptions heavily uh, because, again, it gets you the possession back, gets you the ball back for your offense, and you, you can't discount the importance of being able to take the ball away. That's what, we, that's what we're here for, right? You want the ball back in the offense's hands. So some people look at uh, – you know, some people look at interceptions. Some people, some people look at you know, pass breakups or pass passes defensed. Either way, all of these guys are really good corners and, and safeties. You know, so starting with that first team, D. Delaney out of the Citadel, and the Citadel's offense was again uh, an option offense that no one wants to face. So when you're on defense and you have to make sure you uh, don't allow that team to score because your offense is not really a comeback offense. You know, you kind of like stay the course. It can't really get back quickly unless somebody's out of position. Um, so you're going to get tested. Teams will try to bomb you out, and they couldn't bomb out D. Delaney, who picked off um, – I want to say he picked off four passes last year. I'll, I'll check the numbers. But he was outstanding, and he's also a very good returner. So the more you can do, like we said before, it's, it's important because not only are you making an impact – in the secondary, you're making an impact on special teams. So um, being able to, to affect the game in two facets is why he's on his list. He was a consensus All-American. Staying with the first team All-Americans? Um, Donald Payne, uh, we talked about him. We alluded to him earlier in the when we talked about the Pioneer League. Uh, he plays at Stetson, a Pioneer program, and he was a football game playing freshman All-American. He was a football game playing All-American as a sophomore. And now, you know, he's a, a senior. So he was a f- postseason freshman, preseason sophomore, preseason junior. And a lot of times people look at this guy and they say, man, this, why hasn't this guy played at an FBS school? He's like the FCS version of Troy Palomalu. You know, he's all over the field. He can play close to the line of scrimmage. You can trust him back deep. I compare his game to Landon Collins, who plays for the New York Giants, and what he brings to the table as a guy that can definitely play both. Um, so I think that's where he has success, and I think that's where he um, he can be effective. So um, he's definitely worthy of being on his list. Good ball skills, good good blitzing ability. David Jones is a, is a tweener. He can play corner or safety. He's playing at Richmond, and he's he's a guy that's 6'1", 187, but when you watch him play, 
you would think he's about six five. You know, he's <laughs> long arms, gumby like legs, and just he's real. He's like plastic man out yeah, there, like, like Stacey Alden. Like the NBA draft, I was like, there's so many guys that are six nine with a. Seven three wingspan. It's exactly. Like, it's like Jesus. Like how does that how does that happen? Right, and you see him <laughs> just all over the place. So that's why he's able to play safety and corner very well, and he has pretty good ball skills. I, I want to say last year, um, alone, just looking at the total interceptions uh, interception numbers um, for Jones, and, and you know finding the stats is ridiculous. But Jones had uh, seven. I'm sorry, nine interceptions last year, and he brought one back for a touchdown. Um, he had 170 yards on returns. Uh, so nine interceptions last year for him, and he led the nation for, well, he was second or tied for first in the nation, Justin Greer of Moorhead State and Portland State, Patrick um, Antwi, Antwi, how you pronounce this guy's name? On Wusar. On Wusar. And both guys are, are gone, but so that leaves David Jones as the returning interception leader. Um, and again, he could play corner or safety, and we just talked about that versatility as a pro. Guys want that guy's covered that, and that's why he's there. And and Casey DeAndre, uh, I like his game, man. He's a he's five eleven, two twelve. Some say he's a safety. Some say he's a free or a strong safety. Some say he can play corner. I think you just want him on your team. He's also their best punt returner too. He could have made the list as a specialist by how well he's able to return kicks and punts. Um, but he picks off passes. He's able to make plays in the, in, the, in the run game. You know, DeAndre is a guy that, you know, some people will – he has the wild, crazy hair like Sunshine off – remember the Titans? Um, and, and so people will look at him. And it's, this is how this is why I love being able to talk about uh, these, these issues that a lot of these players face. We talk about small players and the issues they face. We talk about black quarterbacks. We talk about white running backs. And now we're at white defensive backs. And – his ability to cover shouldn't shouldn't be tied to oh well you know how some people look at him and say oh he's white put him at safety like no he can play corner he can that, cover yeah, that hasn't you been know? a white corner in the NFL since like two thousand since like, like Seahorn <laughs> or somebody right yeah I mean there's there's not many <laughs> it's it's weird we get we should I think do with, with, with the Giants I think yeah was, with the Giants yeah, 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 you know and it's and it's it's crazy because you know you see you see guys like him having the ability to play corner but they'll get moved to safety for, for some dumb reason. But he can definitely play ball, and he's a big reason why New Hampshire – New Hampshire had three defensive backs last year that were excellent. He was one of them. The other two guys are now playing pro ball, whether it's arena, uh, CFL, or overseas. But DeAndre is, is a big reason why New Hampshire should be back into the playoffs again this year. And we talk about versatility with a couple of these guys and the ability to play corner and safety and how big that is. Mm-hmm. When you look at the NFL, I believe the average NFL roster – has double the amount of defensive backs that they do with wide receivers. And you see so many, every kid wants to be a wide receiver. Every kid wants to catch the ball. Right. Every kid wants to go out and run routes. And it was funny because when, uh, when I was at the satellite camp, the Michigan satellite camp in Paramus a couple weeks ago, um, they got up, they did a running competition and they wanted to find the fastest kid in the camp. So they did, they separated it by position grouping. When the wide receivers got up and then the D-backs got up, they threw corner safeties all together. There must have been, I would say probably five times as many receivers, 400 kids in the camp. There's probably, there probably five times as many receivers as there were as D-backs. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you look at an average NFL roster, most rosters are carrying double the amount of defensive backs as they are wide receivers. So, you know, when, when the show's getting to the next level, there's more spots. And that's why I don't understand why, well, I understand why every mm-hmm. kid wants to be a receiver. You look, you look at the flashiness, you look at, the, you look at the, the, the money they're making, you look at the kids are wearing more wide receiver jerseys, you look at Antonio Brown, Julio, Odell Beckham, but, um, 
but the, the versatility to be able to play two three positions is so big when you go to the next level well here's the thing if you're a defensive back and you can catch you just made a hundred million dollars because that's important can you take the ball away and if you can catch why not go play defensive back you yeah. know because if you get your hands in the football with your ability to catch you know you may find yourself in the end zone a lot that's what made Deion sanders so special yeah, that's why I, I was saying last year when uh, when the Broncos made the trade for Vernon uh, Davis, mm-hmm. he was dropping all those balls. Like his brothers playing corner, and his brothers got better hands on him right now. It's crazy, <laughs> man. It's crazy how that works, you know. Yeah, because that's that's usually what it is. They say you can't catch the ball. You're a good athlete. We're throwing on the defensive side of the football. Right now, I don't love taking interceptions too much into consideration when making a list like this because what I do fear is targets. If a guy's getting targeted 100 times, another guy's getting targeted 50 times, the guy who's getting targeted 100 times is going to have a chance to, to come down with balls, a couple more right. balls. Because um, even when you look at the NFL list, mm-hmm. a lot of times there's a couple of guys, like the Giants giving all that money to Jenkins. I think he had six or seven defensive touchdowns in the last four years, which, is, uh, which, which led the NFL. I was like, you look at this guy in yards given up, I think he was like third to last in the league or third most or whatever you would consider that. Third worst at the end of the day. Third worst. And you look at some of these statistics, he's given up 22 touchdowns. I think that's the most in the NFL in the last three or four seasons. So it's like, but the Giants give this guy all this money because he scored six defensive touchdowns or seven defensive touchdowns. And he, I think he had like 20 picks in the last four seasons. But he's getting targeted so many times opposed to some of the other top-tier corners in the league. That's why Jabril last year, I don't think he had an interception, but his targets were so low compared to some of the other guys on the field on, on the Michigan defense. Right, and it's all again. You make up a good point about the targets because a lot of times it could be interceptions. It could also be pass breakups, and that, yeah, it that could be bad balls. All that, these different things that ties into the second team when you look at a guy like Javon Elmore out of Central Connecticut State, who was uh, from a pass breakups perspective. I mean, he must have got targeted a lot because he had eighteen pass or sixteen pass breakups. Um, he picked off two passes. Now that could be a situation where he can't catch. Yep. <laughs> or he's getting his hands a lot of balls. Either way, drop is a knock. Uh, a, <laughs> a drop is considered a batted ball. A bad, bad, right? It, you know, you know so there's no drop statistic for D-backs. I mean, and, and but he was good though. And one thing I like about Elmore is that he's not afraid to, to make plays in a running game. Uh, Taylor Reynolds out of James Madison, another very good defensive back that's good at uh, playing receivers and also very good in a running game. Outstanding player. And James Madison, just again at every level, they produce a player uh, that we we found on our All-American team, Xavier Coleman. Uh, another very good corner. This is a, a solid list for pro prospects because you have Elmore, Taylor, and Coleman, um, outstanding corners, all with ball skills, all with the ability to match up. And Marquise Green out of Mississippi Valley State. This was a guy that picked off seven passes last year as a freshman, you know, and that's unheard of. He was a redshirt freshman, got on the field, and plays a, a, a bit of a hybrid, five. 5'10", 175. Talk about the targets. They see right. a freshman on the field. You, know, you got a true freshman. True freshman was he? Last year? He was a redshirt freshman. Redshirt and freshman. he's 5'10", 175. So you see a freshman, you smaller see, guy. Yeah. Undersized freshman. Right. Target him. We're going to target him. We're going to run at him. But teams try to run at him. I remember last game, the the, the game I watched was uh, against New Mexico. And they run the option. And they try to run at him. And he made many plays in space versus bigger uh, runners, quarterbacks that matter. So he's definitely worthy of, to, of being on this list. And um, so, I, I mean, that first and second team are, are, are pretty good players, good pro prospects uh, that made our All-American team. Going to the third team, is this a relative of yours? <laughs> oh, right, with Trayvon <laughs> out of Howard. Um, you never know. I mean, we all related in one way. You never but, know. But uh, 6'1", 190, pretty good cover corner. Um, and 
you're going to get a lot of opportunities to defend the receivers in the MEAC because he tossed the football around a lot. So he produced very well last year. Uh, Malik Hall out of Tennessee Tech, very underrated program. I think they're on the upswing. Um, he definitely made the list, worthy of make, making the list. And another Pioneer League guy in Devin Bryant out of San Diego. And, and Bryant um, matches up well, very good intercepting skills, um, good ball skills. And and people will try to knock him because he's coming out of the Pioneer League, but you can't do that because he's a really good player um, that, that does a great job in, in coverage. And he's going to see a lot of opportunities as well. And Traymond Smith from Central Arkansas plays in the, the very tough Southland Conference and a team that, that, that they're going to face a uh, – face a challenge from um, is Stephen F. Austin. They toss the football around a lot. Most Texas teams seem to, to like that gunslinging men- mentality where they tossing the ball around, but uh, in that conference, he's going to definitely get tested, um, and Traymond Smith is worthy of being on this list, too. Any uh, any DBs missing the cut? Well, it's tough when you have uh, what, 12 DBs make, uh, on, these, on this squad, and uh, you know, I mean, there's one defensive back I think that was pretty good that I want to talk about um, and that's Troy McGowan's out of Charleston Southern, who's a who's a safety tweener type guy. Um, he's more along the lines of a former James Madison player and uh, Dean Marlowe, who plays for the Panthers. You know, he's six one one ninety, very good player. So he's probably one guy that just missed the uh, the, the cut. Awesome. Uh, that pretty much wraps up the defense. I was going to go into the kick returns, but I think we should hit a break. We haven't hit a break yet, so we should hit our first break. Then come back after the break, do the special teamers, maybe get to some telephone calls. Also, you could tweet us questions. You could follow uh, follow Emery at FBall Game Plan, at the FCS Kickoff, and at FCS Open and Drive. You can follow myself at Huddle underscore Radio. And uh, we'll be hitting this break real quick. When we come back, we'll be taking your telephone calls and we'll be getting to the special teamers 609 910 the number to call 609 910. 0-6-8-10. We'll be back right after this here on MTR. MTR. All right, kids. Everybody write down what they're going to be when they grow up. When I grow up, I want to be on the radio. Remember that childhood dream of being on the radio that you let slip away because you didn't think it was possible? But the Connecticut School of Broadcasting? Anything's possible. Anything's possible! That's right, Kevin Garnett. At CSB, anything is possible with our hands-on training and industry connections that you need to start your career in broadcasting today. Maybe being an on-air talent is your thing. Well, how about getting behind the camera or becoming an audio-video engineer? At CSB, you'll learn all this and more in a matter of months, not years. With our 12 locations across the East Coast, take a tour of your local CSB today. Check out our website, gocsb.com, or call 1-800-TV-RADIO. That's 1-800-TV-RADIO. When I grow up, I'm going to... The Connecticut School of Broadcasting, making your dreams come true since 1964. Always online. And on your phone. Download the MTR Radio app today. And we're back 1042 here on this Friday morning. Luke Diamond with Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. And we are about to jump in, making the transition from the defensive side of football now to that third phase, the also important third phase that kind of gets overlooked. That's the special teamers. Games could sometimes be won and lost on special teams, even though they don't get the credit they deserve. And I think we're going to start off with the kick returners. Well, I mean, you look at the kick returners and, and one guy in Lorenzo Jerome who, and you want to talk about maybe a guy that just missed the cut as a secondary player. He's a really good cornerback and a tremendous pro prospect. 
But Lorenzo Jerome is an outstanding kickoff returner. He averaged uh, 30 yards of return last year. He brought two back for touchdowns. So, again, one of these guys like Casey DeAndre that could affect the game in the secondary and also in the return game. It, they lose a good player uh, this this upcoming season in the Quan um, Mentor, who was a, the other corner. Lorenzo Jerome is a tremendous corner and also an outstanding returnman. Jacob Arnell out of San Diego, another Pioneer League guy that makes the list. And there's two guys from the Pioneer that makes this list in uh, Jacob Arnell out of San Diego and uh, Ben Rowell out of Davidson, a junior. And, and Rowell is a guy that's a tremendous safety. So maybe next year he'll be on the list as a safety All-American because he also excels as a kickoff returner. And Davidson is one of those programs I think is on an upswing as well. They got a good coaching staff, and they're going to be looking to be a little bit better uh, this season. But these are three outstanding returners, and I'm big on putting two returners back deep. So with any one of these two guys, um, I think you'll be fine. I'm big with the two returners back as well. And also, you're able to uh, you know, separate yourself as a punt returner or as a kick returner. The more things you're good at, the more versatile you are, come the NFL draft one day, the better chance you have of making it to the next level. Moving on to the punt. Any kickoff returners missing the cut? No, there's no kickoff. These are, these are the best three in the nation. The best of the best. Moving on to the punt returners. Well, punt returners, you know what? I, I take that back. Maybe you can add a guy on the kickoff return list, an Ellis Onik uh, from Northern Colorado. Um him and uh, Hakeem Deggs are two of the best returners in the big sky, so they could be on this list as well. But punt returners, Chris Garden out of North Carolina a and I was able to see these guys live versus Alcorn State in the Celebration Bowl. And what was exciting about watching this guy run was that he was maybe three yards away from breaking the FCS season record for punt return yards. And he broke it in outstanding fashion by returning a 74-yard punt for a touchdown um, to break that game open. And, I mean, he, him along with another guy that was on our list in uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, two explosive playmakers. And Garden is a guy that this, he's 5'9", 158, but you can't hit what you can't catch. And so with that explosiveness, he's definitely worthy of being first team. And, and it was a no-brainer. But there's two other guys on this list, uh, Warren Robinson, Another outstanding uh, punt returner did so as a freshman. We always talk about how hard it is to get on the field as a freshman and how hard it is to be successful as a freshman. Um, and so to make an impact, uh, especially in the, in the third facet of the game, was impressive. And Dane Fourlines on VMI. I think VMI, um, they they are like one of those teams that, that have been down for so long that they're due for a really good season. I like their quarterback. I like what they do defensively. Um, I think they'll be better – defensively this year offensively they'll they'll start to find their sea legs and be a lot better but they have a good retirement in four lines and four lines is an outstanding receiver as well so he's going to have double duties this year making a lot of an impact uh for the the key debts i'm sorry of vmi the key debts i don't think i've ever heard of a key debt before that's moving on to the uh, any of that Mr. Mr. Cut. Are we all good? Uh, no, we're good with the punt returners, man. Good with the punt returners. Now moving on to the guys, uh, the uh, the guys who don't usually get as much credit. They're kind of more of the the jokes. A lot of people like to make jokes about them. That's the kickers and the punters. But obviously, at the end of the day, so valuable to their teams. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 impressive to see guys from the you know first, second, third team, um, and have this impact. I wish maybe next time, maybe in the post. Um, maybe in the postseason, uh, the postseason 
All-American team, we may put together a coverage unit, you know, because that's important too. Yeah, and they get you know? no credit. And they get no <laughs> credit, you know what I'm saying? So special teams is highly important. Guys make long careers out of being good special teamers. The uh, the, the thing about the uh, the kids and punters, which I was going to say, I would think the FCS would have solid kickers and punters just because when you're looking at high school recruitment, I'm sure they take it seriously. But I'm, I'm like – is Alabama and Michigan and Ohio State, are they going out of their way? Meanwhile, they're recruiting all these guys. They're giving out all these scholarships. Are they taking these guys who are kind of falling under the radar, especially when you watch high school football, kicking and punting is not as big in the high school game. as is. You see a lot of top high schools going for two and a lot of top high schools, you know, squib kicking. Around here, you see so many squib kicks. You see so many onside kicks throughout the game. You see so many teams going for two on the regular. You would think these guys would kind of get lost in the shuffle when it comes to the recruiting process, and they would end up at the FCS schools before going on. You know, and when you see when uh, when you see NFL kickers and punters, you see a lot of guys that don't aren't coming from the big-name programs. Right, and, and but the good teams at the FCS level or FBS level – are actively recruiting kickers. Alabama has the best kicker in the country, and he was recruited, you know, scholarship player. Um, so if you're if you're doing it right, you go out, you Jim understand. Had, I think Jim Harbaugh had a sleepover with a like a kicker you or a punter. You need that. Think about what happened last year <laughs> yeah. in that Michigan State game. Yeah. You know, so you <laughs> need muff, that. Right. Punt, whatever. I don't even know what you would consider that because it wasn't even a muff punt as much as it was. It was, a, it was like when you think of a muff punt, you think of returning a punt. This is a muff punt in the hands of the punter not getting the ball off. So Right. Yeah, this is so vital to a team's success. Did we do it already? I don't even remember. Did we, did we go through the kickers and punters? Yeah, we just did. I completely forgot. Well, you know what? See, no, we didn't, do, we, we didn't do kickers and punters. I'm sorry. We didn't. Oh, I was about, um, I was about to say because I didn't think we did it. Right, I was like, wow, it, they're so boring that I didn't even <laughs> hear you say it. Well, because here's why. Because there's – I mean, and now that we're jumping right into it, um, Lance GC, he's a – this is why you win games. This is why St. Francis is, you know, looked at by some to have a great chance of winning the NEC this year. Lance GC out of St. Francis, outstanding kicker. I think he was 16 of 17 on his field goal attempts, 28 of 29 on his extra points. So he was automatic. And now they're winning special teams. Their defense is really good. They have five starters returning on their offensive line. They're going to be good there as well. So Lance GC is great. Chris Frazier out of Cornell may be the, the lone bright spot on that football team. I mean, he was a consensus All-American last year, definitely worthy of being a preseason All-American. And the Cornell Big Red is a team that, that you know, they've had some down years uh, since Jeff Matthews left, uh, the quarterback that now plays for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But Frazier's a really good special teamer. Uh, looking at the second team, Nick Dorka, a lot of guys have him. First team All-American. He's a really good kicker at William & Mary. And William & Mary is another one of those squads that plays good – they run the football. They play great defense and great special teams. Alex Knight out of Southeast Missouri State, that's a team that people need to keep out, keep an eye on. I think they're going to cause a lot of damage in the OVC this year. And uh, looking at the third team, Mark Orozco out of Grambling. It's rare you see a SWAT kicker or MIAC kicker um, on the list, but he's definitely that tells you how great he was, he was last year for Grambling. And Mitch Mendel out of North Dakota. The Fighting Hawks also have a really good offense, defense, special teams. Keep an eye on them in the big sky this year as they could challenge for the top. There's your kickers and punters. Adam Vinatieri, arguably the greatest kicker of all time. You can make the argument, an FCS guy. 
South Dakota State, right? Yep. South Dakota. Oh, when, South Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota. Yes. Oh, when, you know what? what? South Dakota State. South Dakota. Yeah, the Jackrabbits. Yes. Yeah, South Dakota School. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, funny because when, when people were talking about Wentz and Lee. No, Wentz went to North Dakota State. That's where he went. Uh, that's where Venetari went, I think. I think he went to North Dakota, North, North Dakota State. Well, we're sitting here right South here. Da- what I say? South Dakota State? Said South Dakota State. You don't want to tick off those people in. Uh, you don't want to tick off those people back in, in uh, Fargo, North Dakota by mentioning their rival. So let's say Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> You know, that's I'm, pre- I'm like 95 percent sure him and Wentz went to the same school. Not, I'm I'm willing to guess he went to. Uh, he seems like he'd be from the from South Dakota though. It just sounds. Yeah, we probably but both I, from. But, but I remember, uh, I I remember there being some type of connection to him and Wentz. He went to South Dakota State. South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. So I was right, but I was wrong that he went to Wentz's school. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, but and arguably the greatest kicker of all time was he got four, four, three rings. Something three like rings, that. Four rings. And responsible for him too. Four rings. Four rings. Three with the Pats. Then one with the uh then one with the Colts. And responsible, like you said, responsible for him kicking for, him fifty fifty right. yards in the snow, in the wind, all the elements. See, everybody everybody don't don't they, a lot of people don't understand uh how important the kicking game is until you don't have one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> everybody takes it for such granted. I know I take it for granted. Having Vinatieri on my team for the last what is it, going on ten years. Mm-hmm. I definitely take it for granted. But I remember, I remember, I remember when Vandershack missed that when he shanked the one against the Steelers. You remember that when Jerome Bennis fumbled on the one yard line? Nick yeah, Harper, right, Nick right. Har- yeah, Nick Harper scooped it. Ben Roethlisberger reached out with one hand, right, got him on the shoestring <laughs> tackle. Manning goes down, gets him in the field goal range, and uh, and Vandershank. It was his last game with the Colts before they before they went out and signed Vinatieri in the offseason after the two fa- 2005 divisional round of the playoffs. He shanked it. It was the worst. It was the worst kick I've ever seen in my life. I right. still. The ball still hasn't landed. It, it's still it's going <laughs> wide right somewhere. It, it's probably it's actually probably coming close to us now on the somewhere on the east coast. Right. <laughs> that ball was kicked towards Maine. Like that was the worst kick I've ever seen in my life. And we saw it last year in the playoffs. We saw the uh, what was it? Was it the uh, was it the Seahawks uh, the Seahawks Vikings game? Right. And oh, uh, the ball went straight right. Yeah. Like, see, that's why you need and, and Blair Walsh. Yeah. Is a, is a good kicker, and he is a good kicker. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of times it is the good kicker, right? That that tend to have those, and I, I'm willing to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Well, no, I'm not because that was you have to win that game to move on. Like, but it was cold that. as hell out there. That it day. was, but that but that to me that makes it almost worse because <laughs> now you got these guys who have been playing the whole time, unlike right. you who've been sitting <laughs> on the bench drinking hot chocolate. You got these guys that have just went up against against the the back to back. Uh, the back-to-back NFC champs, you know, two two years removed from a Super Bowl championship. You go out there, you play 60 minutes against them, and all of a sudden now, you, these guys who have been on the field for the last three hours in, in what in the, with the windshield was like negative 12 degrees. It was ridiculous. I, I mean, didn't and it, now you missed that kick. Did, <laughs> Unbelievable. Didn't we see in that game too, I want to say John Ryan, see it, the Seahawks punter break his nose? Like trying to like when he muffed the a punt. Was that, yeah, was that the same game? Imagine how much that hurt. Think about it. He's probably freezing cold because he wasn't even on the field. So he steps on the field for the first time. The guy breaks his nose right. in in negative twelve degree weather. That had to hurt. That had like to hurt. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> like because the, the guys are actually on the field. At least they're sweating. They're getting. They're they're in the game. Right. When you're sitting on the bench the whole time, that's why it's like I almost feel worse for the fans and the coaches than I do for the. For the players, because at least you got your adrenaline rushing, right. and you're in the and you're in the game. And that's why a lot of times you're like people are like that's why they say it'll hurt in the morning because you don't right. feel it when you're in the game. Nah, you feel it the next day. He felt but, that uh, broken nose. Though. Oh, he felt it right there. <laughs> felt he felt it nose. right there. That that was <laughs> man. But yeah, when once missing that missing that field goal, 
Unbelievable. Walsh, excuse me, missing that field goal. Well, I mean, I mean, we now that we've covered the offensive All Americans, the defensive All Americans, um, special teams, you know. I mean, it's been it's we we covered a lot. Next next week we could probably get into some uh, preseason NFL draft, you know, talk and uh, some guys. We we'll definitely get into that. We'll we'll you know go into detail with with that a little bit more next week. But you know, these All Americans. What are your thoughts on on this this list that we put together? Oh me? Yeah, you. <laughs> I thought you were talking to. I thought you were talking to them. I was like, do you want them to call up? Should I give out the number? Uh, I was impressed, man. I know that the how much you knew about these FCS All Americans. Uh, very impressive. I was, I'm really impressed by the size of the linebackers. Watching some of the clips that you sent me, uh, definitely impressed. I haven't really watched too much FCS football, like I said. Um, first of all, I'm more of a professional guy anyway. I'm bigger uh, across the leagues. I'm, I'm big into the MLB, the NFL, the NBA. But uh, when I watch college, I watch I watch the, the big time stuff. I watch the SC, the <coughs> SEC. I watch the Big Ten. I watch stuff like that. So you know, I'm not too familiar with it, but uh, you know, sounded good. And like you said, a lot of pro prospects, which we'll be diving a little bit deeper into next week, which I'm excited about. I'm going to continue to study up, try to watch some games and stuff like that to uh, to uh, try to get more knowledgeable on the topic. Well, if you just hang around the studio a lot, you'll you'll just you know you'll get more FCS knowledge by osmosis. You know what I'm saying by <laughs> Just just hanging around me a little bit, you you're gonna get that. Just that, watching the czar, right? Watching the czar at work. You gotta get that. You gotta get that by osmosis. So, uh, but now nah, this is this is great, man. I, I enjoy uh, the show, and I, I'm excited. Once once the callers start calling in, they're gonna start calling in probably a little bit after uh, we release that preseason top twenty five, um, and then once we once we work on that and put that out, then people will start calling in uh, during the season. People are gonna have the questions on their games. Uh, and then even more so around draft time, people are going to have some questions about the FCS. But, uh, you know, we, we're probably going to see a lot more callers calling in. They feeling their way out the second episode, the second uh, show we've put together. But this is impressive, man. Like, I, I'm excited about it. The fans want FCS coverage. You see our Periscope followers have, you know, viewers have jumped significantly during this this episode, during well, the show. Well, I was ask you, when people, if people exit off, does the number go down? Uh, I think so. I don't know how technically Periscope works, but <laughs> I look at that number now, yeah. and I think that's an impressive number. Because what I was going to say was, what I've, what I've been looking at the number, when it goes up, it stays there until it goes up again. It hasn't been going down, which has right. got to be a positive. That's a positive. You know, it's got to be, if it went up, then it went back down, then it went back up and back down like a roller coaster. Then it's like, well, they're logging on, but they're not liking what they're seeing right. or listening to or whatever. And see, that's the thing. So, We're Periscope All-Americans. So, so we, that's big. You know what I'm saying? This, this is, we should make all Periscope team right here because of... You guys out there, and if you guys on well, Periscope <laughs> have questions, just hit us up with questions uh, for next week because we're, we're going to be uh, getting out of here pretty soon. But, um, yeah, so once we figure out how to also answer the questions on Periscope <laughs> while we're on air, we'll yeah, definitely we'll have we'll to figure stay, it out. Yeah, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. You can tweet us questions too. We're like, if, if, what do you say about us being FCS radio all-Americans, we're kind of like the fullbacks. We really don't have any competition because right. it doesn't seem like anybody else is doing this right now. So, and, and that's great. That's great because we're the go-to. We have the knowledge. We have the we have the outlet. We have the the, the market. And again, we have the fan support. You know, they're they're here. One fifty-six. One fifty-six. You know what I'm saying? And and so I'm pretty sure uh, it'll be one fifty-seven. Can we get one fifty-seven before we get out of here? It's tough because you're talking to the 156 that are already listening, so they can't, they, listen can't, they, they can't listen again. They can't listen again. It only will go down. Yeah, you know? we'd, so, be, we'd have to tweet it out or something. Right. But, but they still you know. watch, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure out of those 156, I'm sure multiple people are watching on one device 
or something like that. So I'm sure we're well over 156 right now. And, and again, if you miss, if anyone missed this show, if you want to share this show with anyone out there, you can find it archived later on today on the website, footballgameplan.com slash FCS opening drive. Yep, and uh, one more time, we'll give out the uh, the Twitter handles at FBall Game Plan, at the FCS Kickoff, at FCS Opening Drive, at Huddle Score under uh, at Huddle underscore Radio. Of course, the only one I get wrong is my own because I'm not used to tweeting it out. Usually, I just you people tweet me. I usually don't tweet my uh, my name. And like Emery just said, footballgameplan.com slash FCS Open Drive. Later today, he'll be uploading the archive version. You can listen to the first one and the second one, right? Later on today? Yep. So you can listen to both. Spend two hours of your day listening to some uh, FCS All-Americans. You got all of it on there. And you got the uh, you got the defensive lineman twice. You get to hear that twice, which is, uh, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So that pretty much wraps it up. So we're up to 11 o'clock. I'll be back at 3.05, 3.05 to 5 o'clock. I'll be talking. I'll be doing the, uh, the NBA draft. Be going over the NBA draft from last night and uh, some stuff like that, and we'll be back next week, right? Yep, next week. Next week we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing some uh, some pro prospects, and hopefully we take some calls and we get some callers and we do some uh, some stuff like that. We're up to 157, by the way. So we there got, we go. Got we, it. We got your 157. Now we can log off. See, we've been waiting for that. <laughs> now that we got it, we're all good. We're ready to get out of here. So Emory, great job again. Uh, phenomenal job. The knowledge on the SCS is uh, is remarkable. And we'll be back next Friday at 10 o'clock a.m. Breaking the huddle and going the length of the field to set the stage for this weekend in the FCS, it's footballgameplan.com's FCS opening drive with Luke Diamond and Emery Hunt. Presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting.